This morning to the book of John. We'll be in John chapter number 14. John chapter number 14. And this morning we're going to read the uh, first 14 verses of this chapter and uh, look and uh, be reminded of some wonderful truths in God's Word. And I do want to encourage you once again while you're finding your place, remember to pray for uh, one, and one another. I pray for those who are unable to be here, and certainly those in the hospital. Uh, we want to be much in prayer for them and much in prayer for our nation at this time. And as we've been praying for our nation, uh, really for the entire year, um, and that God would put things in motion that we would uh, look to Him as a nation. And sometimes when we pray prayers, we uh, anticipate how God is going to answer that prayer. And uh, sometimes God answers prayers in different ways to accomplish His uh, goal or what we've been praying about. And uh, certainly there's a lot of uncertainty in our nation right now, and I don't have the answers to everything that's going on. I can't predict the future, um, but uh, I do know this, that uh, we need to pray for our nation. And uh, certainly no matter what happens in the days ahead, uh, we need to look to our Lord as our, as our, as our leadership and, uh, and please Him. John chapter 14, we'll begin reading verse number 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I just like the way this chapter starts, don't you? Uh, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. John 14 is a wonderful, wonderful uh, chapter in God's Word. Of course, all of God's Word is wonderful. But there are certain chapters that I believe God uses in greater ways in the life of Christians. And certainly John chapter number 14 is a chapter that is packed full of Bible truths uh, that should encourage you and I. It should encourage you and I. It should compel you and I uh, to, to serve our Lord. It should uh, strengthen us. And certainly... I want to use uh, this chapter today, a chapter that I've preached from many, many times, and I'll certainly uh, preach from it many, many times in the future and revisit certain things. Uh, But I've entitled this message today as the John 14 Perspective. 
the John 14 perspective. There are things in this world that scream for our attention. But we must always look at what goes on in our world through the lens of Scripture. Uh, I was in a conversation earlier this week with, with, with a man who's not a member here, and uh, we, were, we were talking about things that are going on with our election and things that are going on in our country and how uh, what this world and even our own nation is, is failing to see is we're not looking at it through a Bible perspective. If you look at it through a Bible perspective, it certainly gives you a more accurate picture of what is going on in our world. And so I want us to be reminded this morning that no matter what we face in life, everything in your life might be going just as you had planned it today. Uh, but the day is coming when, when that, as the saying goes, that apple cart is going to be overturned. Uh, the turmoil is going to come. A disappointment is going to come. But how do we, how do we deal with it? Well, let's look at it from a John 14 perspective. Uh, in life, what sh how should we determine success and failure in our life? Well, I think you've got to look at it through the lens of Scripture and let the Bible tell, you, tell us what is success and what is failure. Or this morning, through a John 14 perspective, and so I trust this will be a help today. Father, I pray this morning for uh, the preaching of the Word of God. I pray that uh, what is said this morning would, uh, first of all, give honor to you and honor to your Son. But Father, I certainly pray this morning that the words of God would be strengthening words today. They would be challenging words. They would encourage us, but also convict us. And Father, if there's one in the service this morning or one listening online who's unsaved, may uh, they call in the name of the Lord today. And Father, I pray that your people, when we face uh, circumstances in our life that we did not see coming, may we not panic, uh, may we not be in despair, but may we look at the situation we face, look at the circumstances in life through a John 14 perspective. May we be reminded of these truths today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Often, as we look at John 14, and I would say John 14 is one of the uh, more well-known passages of Scripture in the New Testament, uh, certainly what gets a lot of attention is the fact uh, that in verse number 6, uh, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we're reminded that no man comes unto the Father but by Him, and how uh, salvation is through the Lord Jesus Christ. But certainly, uh, the part of this passage of Scripture that perhaps gets uh, the most attention, and it, 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 I've already alluded to it this morning and mentioned this morning, is, is found in verse number 1 when Jesus is speaking to His disciples and He says, Let not your heart be troubled. Now, it's important for us to put this in perspective in context of what takes place in John chapter 13. In John chapter 13, the Lord is beginning to tell them that He's going to leave them. Now, bear in mind, this caught them off guard. He reminds them it shouldn't have caught them off guard, but it caught them off guard because they left everything to follow him. They left their profession. They left their financial security. They left their friendships. They left their family. They left their way of life. They left everything, and literally, they, they followed him everywhere he went. If Jesus stopped in the wilderness and made a, made a, stone, a, a, a pillow out of a stone, there they did that as well. They hung on his every word. Uh, they, they did not know where to go unless he told them, this is where we're going. Uh, my mind thinks of John chapter 5 when he says, I must needs go to Samaria. And he, he wins that woman to himself at the, at, at the uh, well that day. Uh, what, it was not in their itinerary, well, well we're going to go to Samaria. No, it was Jesus says, we're going here, we're following him. So you can imagine that now he says he's leaving them, where are we going to go? 
we literally don't know what we are supposed to do. He also tells Peter, he had just told them in, in, that, in, in the previous chapter that there's one of them that's there that's going to betray him. And Peter, you're going to deny me. Now, he has just dumped all of this on them and, he's in, and tells them they're leaving. That's when he says, let not your heart be troubled. And I think I could echo that to you and I today. And as a Christian, we need to always hear these words. Let not your heart be troubled. Because Jesus leaving them was part of God's plan. And whatever takes place in the course of God's plan, you and I don't have to worry about it, even though we have a tendency to worry about it. And I think you and I need to be reminded of what God has said, let not your heart be troubled. Often, <coughs> as a pastor, I've used this passage of Scripture uh, at a funeral. I've used this passage of Scripture uh, in, in, in great times of disappointment in the life of another Christian. There have been many times in my own life when I've gone to John chapter number 14 and just reminded me of what Jesus has said. He said, let not your heart be troubled. And I think it's appropriate in a day we live in when there's a, there's a day of uncertainty. And don't we live in a day of uncertainty today? Let me help us out this morning. Every day that we have lived has been a day of uncertainty. Every day there's always been things that were been un unanticipated and things we didn't see coming. And I would say to all of us this morning, let not your heart be troubled. Pastor, how can you say that? Haven't you been watching the news? Well, first of all, no. Uh, and second of all, uh, let, me let, me let, me let me tell you, no matter what, is, 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 is broadcasted, no matter what opinion is, no matter what this world's reality is, I'm going to lean on the words of God. And he says, let not your heart be troubled. A child of God should never be worried. But we worry, don't we? A child of God should never be anxious. But don't we get anxious? A child of God should never fear. But aren't we prone to fear? That's why we have to be reminded that these disciples, these disciples were great men of faith. These disciples had forsaken everything to follow Jesus. And now Jesus says, I'm leaving you. They had in their mind how God would go about his business. And now the uncertainty, the fear, the anxiety begins to set in. And Jesus comforts them and says, let not your heart be troubled. Boy, what, 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 a, what a reminder for you and I that no matter what takes place in this world, we should not get too uptight. Uh, so Pastor, how can you say that? I can say that if we look through a John 14 perspective. If you look at it through the lens of the news media today, you should be panicking. You should be, you should be scared to death. You should be concerned because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Uh, everything, it, there's nothing good in this world. If you, if you look at it through that perspective, but I choose not to look at it through that perspective. I, I choose to look through it through a John 14 perspective. If we even were honest about our conversations with close friends and family and through all of the events of this year and even in recent events in our, events in our own nation and then the uncertainty as the days go, go forward. Say, we, we talk and we, we have all of our own ideas and theories and, and experiences and we can get ourselves worried out. What, no, I, I choose to look at it through a John 14 perspective. 
And through a John 14 perspective, my Lord says, let not your heart be troubled. And then he goes on to tell them why their hearts should not be troubled. I know, I've already explained it to you, I know the context of this passage of Scripture. I know Jesus was speaking to His disciples after He just told them, uh, everything that you have gotten used to is going away. Uh, this fellowship, personal time, and I'm leaving you. I understand that context, but let me tell you the words of the Lord that apply to them that day, apply to you and I today when He says, let not your heart be troubled. Because... From a John 14 perspective, there's some things you and I, we ought to be putting our focus on. And if we look at them through a John 14 perspective, we cannot lose. We can only win. We, we don't have to be in turmoil. We can be comforted. Let's look at some things through a John 14 perspective. Let me say, number one, that my comfort or my confidence is in God. Back to verse number one, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. This is what I believe the Lord is saying to his disciples. They obviously believed in God. He wasn't trying to convince, convert them from atheism to, to, to belief. What he was saying is, have your conf if you have your confidence in God, have your confidence in me. If you have confidence in what he said. Now, now, listen to me, as I've taught you, and I'm telling you now, you need to have confidence in what I'm saying. You And he goes on to remind them that I and the Father are one. Uh, and I want to say this morning that from a John 14 perspective, you cannot have a John 14 perspective without ha having confidence in God. My confidence is not in a politician. My confidence is not in a political party. My confidence is not in man. My confidence is, my confidence is in God. As we face difficulty, and many are sick today, and we all have loved ones who are not here because we are a very close-knit church, and as we think of those who are unable to be here today and many in serious condition, I want to tell you, I want to, I want to look at this through a John 14 perspective, and I have confidence in my God. There are things that have taken place in my life that I never saw coming that I never would have anticipated. See, how, how, do you, how do you not give up on God? The only thing I know to do is just have confidence. And I'm so glad this was instilled in me from a child that you can trust God. You can just believe God. Well, well Pastor, how are we going to get through all this pandemic? How are we going to get through all this? I just have belief in God. Well, can you explain it to me? I can't give you exactly how God's going to do it, but I just want to say this morning that uh, believe on Him. And as Jesus was saying, hey, you, don't, you have the uncertainty now because of what I've just told you. Uh, put your confidence, if you've had your confidence in God, and I want you to put that same confidence in me, and friend, you and I have to decide where we're going to put our confidence. My confidence was never in Fox News to begin with. My confidence is in God. My confidence was never in a politician to begin with. My confidence is in God. My, 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 my confidence is not in a, in a doctor. My, co my confidence is not in a vaccine. My confidence is not in anything in this world. My confidence is in God. Say, Pastor, how are you going to sleep tonight? I hope I sleep well because I have my confidence in God. And we just have to look at things from a John 14 perspective, not from a 
looking through the prism of this world, looking through the lens of this world, you do know this world is a negative place, right? If you're having a good day and you're happy, it's, you want to let people know about it, but you, you probably shouldn't let people know about it because there are people in this world who just exist to ruin everybody else's good day. They walk around, figuratively speaking, and if they could get away with it, literally, they would walk around with a bucket of cold water. Especially you morning people. God help you, you morning people. How are you this morning? I'm wonderful. God's given us another day, and they are just looking to pour. That's because this world has got so many sorrows. This world has got so many problems. You know, I, I look around the room this morning, and I see many that are missing, but there's many that are here, and I can testify my own life. Uh, we all have problems. We all have things to be concerned about in our life. So what are we, what, what are we to do? Well, we have to decide if we're going to look at things to a John 14 perspective. And if I'm going to look at things to a John 14 perspective, I have to have confidence in God. Pastor, you know how it's all going to work out? No, but I know God does. And I know that God has given us many promises. So if, if we're going to have a John 14 perspective, first of all, you must have confidence in God. Believe, you believe in God, believe also in me. He's saying, if you have confidence in God, have confidence in me. And friend, this morning, let's have confidence in our God. This world is looking, I believe, for something or someone uh, who uh, is not wringing their hands. They're looking for Christians who know and have confidence in their God, and that's something that you and I, it's a decision. How are we going to look at it? Let's look at it from a John 14 perspective. Have confidence in God. Number two, I want to state this morning is, uh, if you look through things from a John 14 perspective, you understand that our future is secure. Let me, let me read beginning in verse number two again, after he has told them that he's going to leave them. In verse two, he says, In my father's house, are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus tells them, says, your future is secure. I'm leaving to prepare a place for you. Now, you and I know enough about this passage of Scripture that we know that Jesus was speaking about that wonderful place called heaven. And I think from time to time, we as Christians need to be reminded that this is not our future. Our future is secure. And many times, I don't... I don't I don't get into what's, what is going on currently in, in, in our world, but I think it certainly applies to you and I today. As a Christian, we don't lose. We cannot lose. But what, what if America goes down? We cannot lose. Our future is secure. And with this pandemic, and, and what if things, things go, 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 go bad? And what if, what if somebody doesn't recover? We cannot lose. Our future is secure. You know, I, I will testify, use myself as an example. I've got nothing but good things to look forward to. It doesn't matter what happens in the economy. I, will, I like a, a greater economy than I do a weak economy. I like health better than I like sickness. 
But can I tell you from a John 14 perspective, my eternity is secure. My future is established. The day is coming when this old body will be set aside and I will never get sick again. I will never experience a burden again. And for all of eternity, there's just going to be joy. Do you realize how many tears are being shed in our world today? That there's coming a day when there will never be a tear shed again? Our future is secure. I don't know what what tomorrow holds. I don't know what's going to take place in our government. I don't know what's going to happen with the economy. I don't know the answer to any of those things. But I do know this, that Jesus said, I'm going away. And I'm preparing a place for you. And as we meet this morning, there is a heavenly construction crew preparing an eternal home for every child of God. And when he's ready for me, he'll let me know that he's ready for me. And there's nothing I can do to stop that. And quite frankly, there should be nothing I should want to do to stop that. Because the father wants his children to be home with him. I don't know what all is going to take place in the next weeks and months in our nation. But I do know this. My Bible tells me that the time is right for that trumpet to sound and God to call all of his children home. He reminds them in John 14, Pastor, aren't you discouraged? No! Because I choose to look at what is going on in my life and our world from a John 14 perspective, and our future is secure. I don't know what's going to happen with the, with the stock market. I don't know what's going to happen with the real estate market. I don't know what's going to happen with the value of the dollar. But I do know this, my future is secure. I, I don't know what's going to happen with with. With, with all that's going on with, with the health and the sickness and the, and the pandemic. And I don't know if, I, if another virus is coming down the pike. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know my future's secure. See, we as a child of God, we have the option to look at things from a Bible perspective or, or look at things with the same doom and gloom as this world is, 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 is bound to. Somebody who doesn't know anything about their eternity, they ought to be scared. They should be nervous. But for the child of God, our future is secure. Now, I want the best life that God would grant me now. I want the smoothest sailing that God would grant me now. But no matter what happens in this world, you and I must be remembered that from a John 14 perspective, are you out there this morning? Our future is secure. I wonder what it must look to, look, look to God when he looks down and figuratively speaking, Christians are wringing their hands. Christians are panicking. And, and it's not just, it just certainly applies to the day we live in, all that's going on in our world, but this applies in our everyday life as well. Because beside these big picture things that all of us are dealing with, each and every one of us this morning, and even those listening online, we have our own personal burdens. We have our own personal trials. We have our own personal things that we have to deal with. And if we're not careful, we'll look at the, the, the things that, that bind us, the things that hinder us, and we're not reminded that our future is secure. As a child of God, he's in control of me. And you realize that 
I don't know if you've ever seen this. I'm sure most of those have. You ever been driving in Florida? You know, it rains once in a while. And many times, and a lot of times going over one of the bridges, you can look out and you see just a little rainstorm that's just raining on like one area. Or sometimes, I don't know if this, this, is, this gets some of us moving and exercising, we'll come out of a store and you see it coming. It's on the other side of the parking lot, and it's getting closer and closer, and so you sprint to get in your car. But there's little isolated thunderstorms or showers. So God can decide that it rains here, and the sun is shining here. So if God can do that with the weather, do you realize that God can do that in your life and with my life? Christian, I just want to remind you this morning that we don't lose. We sing that song or we hear that song sung, and I'll, I'll spare you this, the, singing it this morning. I've read the back of the book and we win. I think some Christians need to be reminded what we actually win because I think we'd be a little more excited that we actually win. Uh, our future is secure. Number three, if we're going to look at things through a John 14 perspective, we must be reminded there is a work to do. Look at verse number 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Uh, he, in the, in, the, in the couple of preceding verses, he mentions the work as well, but we're reminded there that there's, he's leaving them, and he's saying there's still a work that you're to do. And because I'm leaving, you're going to be able to do greater things than even I did. And he reminds them that even though I'm going to be gone, the work that I have for you to do still needs to be done. And if we're going to look at things through a John 14 perspective, we got to hear those words, let not your heart be troubled. If we're going to look at things through a John 14 perspective, we got to take that word believe and say, I have confidence in my God. If we're going to look at things through a John 14 perspective, we must be reminded that no matter what takes place on here, I win, I've got heaven. I've got heaven. No matter what disappointment I have down here, I can push that aside because my eternity is secure. I've got heaven. How in the world can a Christian lose? We can't because my future is secure. But if I'm also going to look at things through a John 14 perspective, I've got to be reminded that there's still a work to do. Now, the day is coming when the Lord will call me home. The day is coming when the Lord will call you home. But until then, there's a work that you and I are to do. Jesus is reminding his disciples, while you did not plan this this way, this is the will of the Father. I'm going to leave you. I'm going to prepare that place called heaven for you. And if I leave, you can be assured I will come back. And I think we ought to have that assurance today. But until I come back and get you, there's a work that you are to do. And I think it would be good for all of us this morning as Christians. It'd be good for all of us as the Emmanuel Baptist Church to be reminded, he hasn't called us home yet. There's still a work to do. But pastor, look at what's going on in our world. There's still a work to do. Pandemic, no pandemic. He's left a work for you and I to do. Republican president, Democrat president, he's left the work for you and I to do. 
There is a work to do until he calls us home. So from a John 14 perspective, I've got to not get depressed and discouraged and sit in the corner and, 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 and wonder what's going to happen. I have a work that God has left for me to do. You have a work that God has left for you to do. Hey, husband and wife, your spouse still needs you. Parents, your children still need you to rear them. Your, 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 your friends and your co-workers still need you to be an example and a friend to them. This lost world still needs Christ. There's a work that we are to do. Say, Pastor, what should we do with the future? Hey, all I know to do is, from a John 14 perspective, is do the work until God calls me home. You know that trumpet could sound at any time? I mean, if, you're pay, if, if you've really been paying attention, and you look at things through the lens of Scripture, it would take but that for those last times to be ushered in. And for that to take place, we've got to be out of here. That trumpet could sound. But until it does, I'm to do the work. Until it does, God's got a work for you to do that only you can do. So, Christian, we should not be discouraged by what goes on in our world. Yeah, sometimes we look at things like, what in the world? We don't, I'm trying to figure this out, and I can't figure it out. And we're told not to let our heart be troubled. We're reminded that we can believe in God. We're, we have our confidence in Him. We're reminded our future is secure. But He also reminds them that there's a work to do. A focus, the focus of Emmanuel Baptist Church does not change because Christ has commissioned the church. And when you have lived in an uncertain world, it's important for you and I as a church to look through the lens of John 14 and say there's a work that He has left for us to do, and we must do that work. Then number four, and finally this morning, if we're going to look at John through a John 14 perspective, there's some things, number four, that we should be asking in his name. Look at verse number 13 and verse 14. Now bear in mind that what he's told them in chapter 13, he's attempted to comfort them with those words, let not your heart be troubled. He's reminded them, have confidence in me as you've had confidence in God. He tells them why he's leaving. He's not forsaking them. I'm going to go prepare that eternal place for you, which, which when you put it in Bible perspective, it makes sense. You're going to spend an eternity with me. I'm going to go get the place ready. And then when it's done, I'm coming back to get you. So don't worry. We'll be separated for a while. And he goes on. I may preach on tonight. He says, I'm going to leave another in my place, the Spirit of God. But I have to go and get the place ready. Don't worry. I'm coming back for you. So your future's secure. You don't have to worry about your future. Then he talks about the work. He says, now remember, there's a work that you must do. And then he leaves that thought in verse 13. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Those are very straightforward words, aren't they? I wonder how much the disciples grasp those words at this time because their mind was dealing with these circumstances they did not anticipate. He's leaving us. Peter's going to deny him. One of us is a devil. 
and our security is going to be gone. And so the things that I've walked us through this morning, he reminds them of that from a John 14 perspective. But then he says, whatsoever you shall ask in my name. Now, I'm going to be gone. But don't forget, you ask in my name. Because I'm going to be gone, don't, you don't have to pretend like we don't know each other. Matter of fact, you need to remember and you need to ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. You know, we ought to take advantage of prayer. Because we're saved this morning, we can have access to the Father. But he, if we're going to look at things through a John 14 perspective, I think there's a lot of times we as Christians, we look around and we bemoan the fact that we have disappointments. We focus on the circumstances that we have, and we don't do what we can to deal with the situation, meaning we can go to God to see what God would do about it. We can go to God, and God, if it be your will, or let me go and ask on behalf of your son because of this work he's left me to do. Do you think Christ wants this world to call on him? Absolutely. Do you think God, God would limit what he would do to get this world to look to him? As a Christian, have you ever, as Christians, we can get apathetic. And God would do things to jerk us out of our apathy. Christ came to save, so the world might be saved. So there's a work that we are to do because Christ wants all to be saved. And so if we're going to do that work and have success in that work, from a John 14 perspective, I can go to God and ask God in the name of his son for God to do a greater work than has been done. I think many times we don't go to God on behalf and use the name of his son. When it is through Christ that we have access to the Father. Let me, let me illustrate, if I can, a couple of ways that I think would give us a good illustration of what it means to ask in his name. Think about this for a moment before I illustrate it. Have you thought about who God is? He's the creator of all things. He, this earth that is so big and so magnificent, the Bible tells us he uses a footstool. Think about that. He is holiness and righteousness. He is perfection, never knowing sin. He's so holy, sin can never enter into his presence. And we don't measure, you know, God, we, don't, we don't take the word holy and say God is measured to that word. No, holy, that word holy is measured up against God. That's how we get our definition. And to think, now think for a moment what you are. And I think this morning of what I am. I'm just flesh and blood. I'm a sinner. And by the way, so are you. We're not worthy to even speak his name. But yet through salvation, not only will he save us, which we praise the Lord for that, he grants himself access to you and I. You think about this, the God who uses this world for a footstool. 
I hope you took the opportunity to talk to him today and took your needs to him. We've been speaking much, as we should, about those who are sick and going to God on their behalf. And last Sunday morning, I preached on that intercessory prayer that Abraham prayed and how we ought to go, the fact that we can go to God. But Jesus says, whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. Now, I don't think I have to say this, but I'll go ahead and say it. You can't ask Christ to do something in his name that is contrary to what something that Christ wants done. Uh, there's a lot of people doing a lot of things in God's name that God would have nothing to do with. So if it lines up with this book and it lines up with what God wants for me and the work, I can go on, on, on Christ's behalf and say, God, would you grant this? Now, let, let me illustrate. Um, I have a bank account, as many of you as probably everybody in here does. Now, if I, if I go to Brother Cruz and I say, Brother Cruz, I want you to go down to the bank and I want you to draw some money out of my account and I give you my card, don't get too eager, you're not going to get far on that, I promise. Um, he can go down to the bank and say, I've been sent here on his behalf to withdraw from what he has in that account. Do you realize that's, that's what we do with Christ? God, I'm coming to you asking you on behalf of your son, because we have the words of Christ, don't we? And, you know, I, I want to fulfill the command that Christ has given me. I want to be a witness as I should be. I want God, I want God, I want God, I want you to use me to win this person to Christ. I want you to use me to be a light. I want you to use, you think God wants that to take place? Now, I, I have access to God because I'm a child of God. But he says, if you ask anything in my name so I can, as I illustrated, I can say, God, can, can I get something out of your account? Can, can, can you, can you get, give me, out of your wealth, out of your power, out of your ability? Oh, and by the way, I'm, I'm here, and I, have, I was told to bring my relationship in and so that I would have access. And while it, it's a simple illustration, you and I need to realize that God has access to all things. And no matter what goes on in this world, and it seems like it's out of our fingertips, we have a God who has an account that never empties. And do we go to him and say, God, I know I'm not worthy. I know I don't have access because it's yours. But your son sent me to see if you'd make a withdrawal on his behalf. Uh, if another illustration, if, if I went to Brother Stanley and I said, Brother Stanley, I, I need, you know, Brian's your son, right? You're still claiming him. And I came to you and I said, I'm in need of, let's see, what, 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 what do you have that's very valuable to you? I, I'm in need of a rifle. I need to sell it because somebody took my debit card and <laughs> took some money out of my account. 
I was, I know, I just mentioned that you made me this tool, this something I needed, and I was talking to your son, and your son sent me to you and said, go ask my dad for it, and he'll let you have it. That carries a little more weight than if I just walk up and say, hey, can I have that? Now, as gracious and generous as a person, Brother Stanley, is, if he has the ability to do it, he's going to grant it for you. But the fact that I bring in a relationship that is meaningful inclines his heart even more so because I'm not there just of asking my own permission. I am there with an established relationship with his own son. Hope you don't miss this this morning. Uh, when we go to God in prayer, we are going, his son has said, you go to my father and you tell him, I sent you, and ask him to give it to you because I sent you. Uh, God wants the work done. God wants you to live a victorious life. See, if we're going to have a John 14 perspective, I don't look at things as out of my reach. I look at them as I need to go to the Father and say, you know, heaven sure is sounding sweeter the older we get. You look at the turmoil in this world, the day is going to come when there will be no more turmoil. And I don't know if it aggravates you, it aggravates me at how the name of my Savior is cursed and, and mocked and, and the things of God are just disregarded. and I, I, I don't like that. The day is coming when that is not going to be anymore. And the King of kings and Lord of lords will take his rightful place on his throne. And every knee will bow. That's going to take place. But until then, until you call us all home, until Christ returns or until... You call me home. I know you've left a work for me to do. And no matter what happens in this world, you've said, let not your heart be troubled. There's a work for you to do. But you also, Jesus also said, you go to my Father on my behalf for the work, for what I've left you to do. And you withdraw out of my Father's account and you tell him, I sent you. And based on what, on my record... He can give to you out of his own account. Because, quite frankly, it, it, it carries a lot of weight when we come on behalf of his son. Matter of fact, it's the only access we have to the Father because of the Son. Just as if somebody you had no idea, you had never seen them before in your life, they approach you and say, I need this, and I was told you have the, the means to provide this for me. And you look at them and say, I don't even know you. And they say, your son sent me, and your son said on his record and on his behalf, I could ask this of you, and you would do it for me. It would carry a lot more weight with somebody coming on the record of that person that you trusted, that you would do anything for, that you would, you would help in any way possible, than if you just didn't know anybody at all. That's the way that we need to approach the Heavenly Father and say, God, I can't control the things around me, but I know you're in complete control. And this is what I need. And by, matter of fact, your son sent me. And he said that you would do this so that the work could be done. 
in Christian this morning, God can provide for you. God can provide your need. God can take care of your family. God can take care of your home. God can take care of our nation. God can take care of our church. God can do what others cannot do. Christ just said, I'm leaving, but you need to go to God on my behalf. You think of the relationship that they had had with Jesus. When they were hungry, they went to Jesus. As a matter of fact, Jesus knew when they were hungry and Jesus would provide food for them. Whatever they needed, you think about this. They were in the presence of God the Son. How many miracles did they witness Him doing? I mean, if you go through, you can count them. And you can give recollection of the miracles they saw, but the end of John tells us that Jesus did so many mighty works that if you wrote them all in volumes, the world cannot contain all that Jesus did. So they, the point is, they saw things that aren't even recorded in Scripture. So if they had a need, they just said, Jesus. Or they knew that if they were hungry, Jesus, Jesus would make sure they're fed. Are you following me? So now, Jesus says, I'm leaving. Well, how are we going to get our needs met? How are we going to be taken care of? You just ask the Father, and you tell him, I sent you. And you'll get the same thing from the Father as if I was here with you and granting it for you. They were hungry along with everybody else when he fed the 5,000. But, but God is still as capable with Jesus returning to heaven to work and move to feed his people. And that's why he told them, you go on behalf of the work. You go to God and you tell them, I sent you. Christian, I think you and I, we ought to pray a little, lot more confident. I don't know what's going to take place in the days ahead, but I know this. I know that I got someone I can go to. And say, Pastor, if it, if it goes the way and the taxes do this and this does this and all these different things, social and this and this, and you have all these shut down, with it, well, I guess we'll just have to go to God and say, God, I'm here on behalf of your son and the work he's left me to do. And by the way, parents, it's, it's the work he wants for you still to rear your children according to the things of God. We're still supposed to be a witness. We're still supposed to give. We're still supposed to do all that Christ has commanded us to do. But we don't need to panic, and I don't know that anybody is. I'm just reminding us of that we've got to look at things through a John 14 perspective. Let not your heart be troubled. Those are powerful words. If you'll let them be in your life. When I start to worry, let not your heart be troubled. If I start to get in despair, get discouraged, let not your heart be troubled. Why is that? Because I have confidence in God. I have confidence in Him. You know, you know God's not bound by the things that you and I are bound by. I have confidence in him. I can believe on him. You know, my future's secure. My future's secure. No matter what takes place, I know where I'm going. 
And, we, and, we, and we, we preach this, and we should, and we say amen to it because it makes us feel good, and it ought, it make us, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think we've got to let it become more real to us when we say things like we're more alive on the other side than we are on this side. And while we have never seen it, we ought to buy so much faith as we've trusted Christ as our Savior and we anticipate what God has for us. We realize this morning that if I'm going to look at this world through a John 14 perspective, my future's secure. I know what's going to happen in my future. I have an eternity in heaven. But there is a work that I want to do until Christ calls me home. And no matter what takes place in the world around us, the church has a work to do. Otherwise, we'd be home with him. Do you realize that God wants you home with him? So why aren't you home? Because he has a work for you to do. And the moment he's done with your work, the moment I'm done with my work, he's calling me home. He's calling you home. That's why when you get saved, immediately God doesn't take you home right then. Because he wants you home with him. He wants you to be with him more than we want to be with him. So he leaves us behind because there's a work he has for us to do. We should be busy about our work. We should be fulfilling the will that God has for us. So let's look at the things through a John 14 perspective. Father, I pray that you use the word of God.